This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start. We're live? Hey, we're live. It's all right. We're shaking off the cobwebs of uh, not being here for two weeks. It's okay. Lost my mojo. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 38 of the Ninja Starship podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy McKnight, joined in studio by my pizza-loving friend, Wookie Will. What's up? And on the ones and twos, Miss Jess. Hey. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We are broadcasting live from Podcast Detroit Studios above Activate Gaming in Ferndale, Michigan. The sponsors are the Falling Down Beer Company, Providing us with this beautiful Ninja Chicken Ale. Is that what this is? Uh, Yeah, that's what this is. All right. Uh, (laughs) Announcements. This Thursday, March 31st, myself and some of the podcast Detroit alumni will be attending the very first ever live show of Fat Man on Batman. Uh, This is with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin for the opening night of the Free Film Festival. So we are super stoked to see that. Those that are attending, please come say hi if you see us. We always love to say hi and chat with our listeners. Also, I will be attending the Great Philadelphia Comic Con April 22nd through the 24th. And right after that, Motor City Comic Con May 13th through 15th. Check out the guest lists and ticket prices at PhiladelphiaComicCon.com and MotorCityComicCon.com. That's all for the announcements. Jess, Starship Engage. 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from George Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Font from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsik from AMC's Comic Book Men. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Men. You are listening to... You're listening to... The Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. My favorite podcast. It has begun! Oh, yeah! Woo! I am awesome! You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Starship Troopers, we are live we got back from C2E2. This is our first week back of our uh, a two-week absence. Will, how was your C2E2 trip? We were there together. I know how it was. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. I'm still covering slightly, so... Yeah, no. still kind of. Yeah, that was that was a rough weekend for me because I had already done Lexington Comic Con the week prior to that, and then... C2E2 came and oh my god, bro. Like by Saturday, I was a zombie. I'm like, I gotta make it through to tonight. Tonight's the party night. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I was the same way. I think I was just, I went up early on Thursday and hit a bunch of bars downtown Chicago Thursday. So then Friday, I was kind of dragging up the con. <laughs> Did you find any cool bars? Yeah, I found a couple of sweet ones. I went to, um, I think it's Emporium, it's the Barcade. That was pretty sweet. They oh, very cool. Very cool. I didn't get some... to really go around Chicago too much. Yeah. I kind of was like, you know, secluded to the hotel. Got to play some Jurassic Park pinball, which was awesome. Yes. Very then cool. Then I went to the uh, Boreal Room, and they had uh, PBR Pizza and Jameson for eight fifty. It was amazing. 
PBR pizza or PBR and pizza? PBR and pizza. Oh, my God. I was going to yeah. be like, PBR pizza? I wish. Where's this? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I had a pretty good time, man. I mean, we got, you know, we got to meet some of our heroes, which was great. We got to meet Mean Gene Okerlund. Um, that was uh, uh, a dream come true in itself. And I really tried hard not to fanboy out. Like, me and Josh, we were completely opposite. Josh, host of uh, Top Rope Review. We were completely opposite. Like, he was nervous in line, and then when he got up there, he was cool as ice. Okay? And then I, I'm i in line, and I'm all like, it's no problem. I'm cool. I've met a million celebrities. I ain't worried. And I get to meet <laughs> I mean, Gene Okerlund, and I get up there, I'm like... Oh, you've interviewed all my heroes. You're like one of my heroes. Ah. <laughs> but, you know, he was super cool. He uh, he gets a gigantic beer as soon as we get there. And he's like, looks like Andre the Giant left a urine sample, you know, in his like, you know, perfect key Mean Gene voice. <laughs> it was awesome, dude. You should get that as a job. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? Um, oh, I got to uh, I got to meet Austin St. John, the Mighty Morphin Red Ranger, which was amazing. And Zeo Gold Ranger. Uh, I had a beer with him. I didn't get I know, to. I'm a little bummed I missed that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get to to interview him. Although I have, I had one set up, but his line was so long that I was like, well, you know, I, I, I'm getting a chance to meet him again in Philadelphia, so we'll set it up for then. But I did get to sit and have a beer with him and his agent for about 15 minutes, and that was enough for me, man. It was it was awesome. We got to talk about him going overseas. We talked about things he loved about the show, stuff that he's got coming out. Uh, which we will be telling everybody about very shortly, so stay tuned for that. Um, other than that, man, met all kinds of great people. Uh, right when we first get there, uh, Casey Pierce, uh, author of Nora, she made Ninja Starship Jello shots just for the convention. They were watermelon uh, Jello with uh, what was it? Apple vodka and orange vodka. Nice. And it was, they were strong. Like you didn't taste any jello whatsoever, dude. You did too. And you were like, Durr. it was amazing. Uh, what else did we do? What else did we do? Uh, saw lots of cool panels. Went to the, um, went to the Supergirl panel and which was amazing by the way. But I, you know, the, the, the chick that moderated it, I don't know what her name is, but she gets, you know, she she kind of comes out and gets the crowd a little bit pumped up. Then Supergirl and uh, her sister come out, Melissa Benoist, and um, I can never remember Alex's name. I, I know her on the TV show, but anyway, the first question this chick asks is, are we popping your convention cherry? The whole place, dude, just kind of crickets. They're like, did she just say it? You know, and I'm like, I'm like, are you for real? Like, you know, not, not, I, I was okay with it. Okay. Because that's how we talk on our show. But there's all kinds of kids around. This is a, you know, and like, imagine just the parent having to explain what pop your cherry means to his super girl loving daughter. You know, I'm like, oh, oh, way, way to go, Reed Pop. That was awesome. <laughs> But, uh, you know, other than that, man, huge shout out and thanks to Reed Pop and C2E2 for giving us press passes. Uh, that was very cool of them. You know, we're definitely planning on coming back next year. Uh, we really made sure to do a good job this year and, and take lots of photos and, and constantly post and tell everybody about it. So I think we did a good job on our part as far as press coverage. Um, what, did, what stood out to you this weekend or that weekend, Will? What were, what were some of your highlights? I really enjoyed it. Like, I mean – I love C2E2. It's probably one of my favorite cons I go to every year. How many times have you been? This is my third time. Wow, that was so, my first. Yeah, so this is my third time. Um, I went to the Women of the Marvel panel, which was fantastic. And they Who was in that one? 
Um, it, just some of the writers and editors over at Marvel. Okay. Um, all women, I assume. Yes, all right. <laughs> it's all women that work, work for Marvel. It's great. They they talked about a bunch of upcoming comics, and they announced that they're doing. They had like their like women of Marvel covers they've done before. Mm-hmm. So now they're doing a men of Marvel series. I forget uh. exactly what it's called, but it's all more or less. It's all uh, artist, female artists making male covers. So it's like Captain America with no shirt on, you know. So it's kind of like twisting what what a lot of female um, females complain about when it comes to you know comic art, and now it's going to be more like sexualized male mm. covers. I thought that was I thought that was funny. They kind of the, they're uh, kind of flipping it. You yeah, know, I thought that a was role reversal. Huh? <laughs> so and they just talked. I went to the uh, the new Archie panel. They were talking How about, was that? I had I had a, our, our buddy uh, Jared Gafford. He was he was over there, yeah. And uh, he's really into Archie too. He's a host of the Joe Schmo Comic Show, uh, which we got to meet him. That was amazing. And uh, all the guys from Pop Culture Leftovers, amazing to meet all you guys. Um, but anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, it was great, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's I'm a I love comic books, and so Archie is such no. a, such a yeah, <laughs> such a staple in the comic history. You know, I mean, I've only like I, I occasionally read the Archie comics, mm-hmm. and but you know, Archie lately has been doing so much different stuff. Yeah, Life After Archie. You had the crossover of this uh, Spring of the Teenage Witch Archie comic, Archie vs Predator. Yeah, and then they had that new one. Now they kind of relaunch, modernize the Archie universe, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. I was mainly going because I was curious to see if they're going to talk about the new. CW TV show, right? Uh, well, I figured that's for named sure. after the town, right? Yep. Yeah, everyone deal. And it's a yeah, and it's a uh, Greg Berlanti show. Yeah, that I mean, and, and so okay, I, that'll get me into yeah. it. <laughs> well, not that for sure. Like everything I've seen about this new Archie reboot, like this is probably what they're going to base the new TV show off of. But mm-hmm. they kind of said that the TV show has not really talked to them at all. At all, so it was great though. One of the current artists on. Archie, uh, Veronica Fish, I got her to do a sketch cover for me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, my, I was next to you when you did that. Right? Yeah, my all-new Wolverine cover. So Awesome. She did an amazing, amazing um, X-23 sketch for me, mm-hmm. which you can see on my Instagram, at Willow's Pizza. <laughs> Cheap plug. Cheap plug. It's all right. You got to meet uh, one of your favorites, Scotty Young, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I met Scotty Young. I've met him a few times, but I always I always get, like, super nervous and fanboy over him. Kind of like me and Gene. Right. And so, like, he is, like, the nicest guy you ever meet. I've never had a bad experience meeting him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, he – people, like – he has great artwork. And people bring a lot of his stuff. Like, I had, like, ten comics I wanted him to get signed. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people bring the, his whole run of Oz for him to get signed. So he's now, like, you know, please have your comics open and have your – everything to go, and, you know, ten thing, whatever, which is awesome. How, how many but were they allowing? Uh, up to ten. Up to ten? And so I had 10. And it was free. It was free, yeah. That's awesome. Which is amazing. Like, and a few years back, I got a, a custom uh, sketch cover from him of Kitty Pride on all new X Men One. Oh, cool! But like, I just I was getting up there and I was kind of fumbling because I was kind of nervous meeting them again. Yeah. So I was fumbling getting my comics out. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm getting up there and still like pulling out my last couple comics. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, I'm the asshole who didn't have his comics ready when his handler has been telling people for 20 minutes, make sure your comics are ready. Yeah. So you're I was the, you're like, the guy. I'm just like, I of course <laughs> I'm the guy. It's just like my luck. So. That happens though. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time, man. Because I, I had a blast. I I definitely want to go back. Um, I, I had post con depression so bad after I left there because it was just like, man, that was it was so big and just the energy there was was so positive with everybody. The mm-hmm. cosplays were amazing. Uh, 
yeah, it, we're going to go back. Definitely. That's going to be an annual show that we have to see. Um, we got Flash and Arrow came back. And rough segue. <laughs> uh, Flash and Arrow came back on the CW, and we got our first look at a uh, a female speedster on Flash. And I don't I don't want to spoil it because you didn't watch it, Jess. You didn't watch it, not yet. But all I'm saying is it was a very key episode. Things really started to to come through where you start getting more of a look into what zoom is and why he's going after this, you know, the speed force and why he wants to steal the speed from all these people. Um, it's, I don't want to give too much away because I, I will, if I go further, but it's a chick that's as fast as a flash. She's faster, faster, faster. Yeah. Yeah. Do you imagine if they hooked up? Oh, she, oh, <laughs> hey, I'm in. <laughs> um, and then we got arrow, uh, arrow came back and you get, you know, what what we've seen in Arrow is you get kind of a more uh, more of a, a broader perspective on how powerful Damian Dark really is. Even outside of his power, he's protected. He's rich. He's got you know power for that. And you can see like you know they're in the courtroom and and uh, uh, Laurel is is you know the the attorney against him trying to put him away. Right. And you know you can see that like they're losing, but they're winning, but they're losing. But they're, it was it was a great you know premiere episode. Yeah, I agree. It definitely tugged on you, and especially uh, with Felicity and yeah, yeah. They she she uh, she came back. She came back to him, right? In this episode, should I not spoil? No, this? go ahead, spoil it. This this is a spoiler. Well, totally full. You of spoilers. know, it's bullshit because you're like, oh, okay. Um, you're kind of looking through stuff you know, prior to this episode to be like, well, wait, I thought someone said that they were going to get married and they like confirmed that. And you're like, oh, okay, it's going to be a real wedding. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't. And then, you know, uh, he says all that stuff to Felicity. And she's just. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, she says what she says. And then you're like, yes, they're going to get back together. Thank God this is going to be a for real marriage. And then she's like, here's your ring back. And you're like, you bitch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm really, I'm so over her. Like, especially after the last episode that we saw where, he, they either need to get married or kill her character off. Yeah, She's making something. me mad. Let, yeah, kill her like, off. Forgive the guy. He made a mistake. He was trying to protect his kid. I understand, like as couple, you know, and in a marriage or whatever, you're supposed to make decisions together. Mm-hmm. But you know, okay, he made a mistake. Forgive the guy. Give him another chance. I mean, Jesus, look at him. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So they're doing. It's not like he ran around. <laughs> he is just on gorgeous. Her. Look at him. Give him more chances. <laughs> well, it's so interesting too because her character originally wasn't meant to be like a full cast member. They just she oh, was like really? kind of a recurring role, but fans loved her. Fans so loved her. That's why. And, yeah. and, and and they and they she was cast because they've worked with her before. Mm-hmm. Producers of shows worked with her before. Oh. How they think they liked her. Yeah. You know, and so they they brought her in and. People just really liked her. I really like her. I, I like just her. I really like her want them I, to be together. Yeah. That's all. I think that's why, you know, that's why they're doing what they're doing is because these people that are writing these shows are geniuses. Yeah. And they know that we want them to be together. Well, they like so to we're going to tune your heartstrings. Yeah. But they know we're going to tune in every single week hoping for something like yeah. that to happen. And it's, oh, another roadblock. Oh, another roadblock. Yeah. Not happen. I'm sick of getting kicked in the face, you guys. Come on. <laughs> Come me a break here. Just let them get married. <laughs> Uh, we also got Daredevil season two on Netflix. Did you watch any of it? No, not yet, but go ahead and spoil it because it doesn't matter. I'm going to watch it anyways. I'm going to watch it anyways. Will, you watched it. Yes. Did you finish all of it? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, I kind of want to, I don't want to break down it. I don't want to break it down episode by episode. I just, 
I want to kind of start at the beginning, though, with a scene that really stuck out to me. Um, it was Daredevil in the church when that dude's got uh, the girl held hostage with the gun, and you kind of pan, it pans over, and you just see Daredevil standing there, ominous, dark, bad as fuck, with all those like Catholic uh, candles lit behind him, and the, it, it looked like a scene out of hell, but it was in church, and you're just like, ooh, this is starting out so good. And I think, man, like, I don't know, like, in general... The season seemed like it, it was kick-ass for really like the, the first quarter. Um, then after like Punisher kind of you know gets arrested and, and hurt or whatever in the recovering, like it really seemed to slow down more than the first season did, as far as I remember. And you know, it, it, I, I get it because there was there was way more uh, there was more build-up for things, but it almost was like there was too much of that for me at least. Cause I found myself a little bored halfway in there to where it was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great season, but I just kind of found myself a little bored at the halfway point with, you know, the, the shit between him and Electra, you know, I really didn't get into that stuff more towards when you find out what's going to happen with him and Electra, you know, the kind of like, Oh, you know, I can summon you and you can come work for me and we'll go kick ass at this one house and then steal some shit. And that's it. I, I was kind of like snooze fest for me at that point. But I mean, what, what, what did you, what did you think? Any, anything that kind of slowed down a little bit for you or? Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed the show. I was, this season was not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really, really surprised. Punisher episode one. Oh, I was yeah. really surprised that the Punisher storyline was the whole season. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was going to be like half and half. Like well, I thought maybe he was going to be like a couple, you know, you hear about this guy killing people. Mm-hmm. He finds the Punisher. They fight. They then become like, you know, kind of reductive allies. Mm-hmm. Punisher disappears for a few episodes. He calls Punisher back for the big, like the big boss fight of the season. Yeah. So the whole like them doing Frank Castle's backstory them doing the trial and stuff. I was surprised by that because that's like if they were going to do a TV show about the Punisher, that would be season one. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, oh, if they do the Punisher TV show, what what are they going to do? Well, from what I understand, I mean, this could be just rumor and speculation, but from what I understand, Netflix is going to do a, a Punisher show. That's, yeah, that's what I've heard too. So I'm interested about that. Um, I really like the Electra storyline. Like I said, at first I did too. It, it yeah, was a little, a little slow, slow, but I fell but in love once, with it. Once they got into more of the hand stuff mm-hmm. and just how the whole time was was cracking me up because the show is built on so much of Matt Murdoch being Catholic, yes, and having this Catholic beliefs. But he found it so hard to believe in anything the hand and anything Stick was telling them. Yeah, <laughs> about really. The chase about you know Black Sky and so all that stuff. Like that was cracking me up. So and then the whole like I really really enjoyed the Karen Page storyline this season. Yeah, the yeah. fact that like she was like last season was grooming her to become an investigative reporter, mm-hmm. and this season was her like becoming an investigative reporter. Right. They really showed the you know the strengths of her and Foggy in this season, mm-hmm. like especially Foggy, man. Like oh, Foggy held it down in the, the courtroom, room, man. Yeah. He was amazing this season. Well, and, and he ends up he ends up that job that sounds like he's going to be working. For more, Jessica Jones' firm, yeah. yeah. But more or less working to help be the lawyer for vigilantes mm-hmm. and help these people with these unique cases, whether yeah. it be prosecuting them. Like, I mean, you definitely would see him being the attorney t- trying to take down, you know, the Purple Man. Mm-hmm. Or being him, the guy, you know, defending Jessica Jones in need be. Oh, I, I and, foresee that, definitely. I yeah. definitely foresee him in uh, the uh, uh, Luke Cage. Yeah. Because Luke Cage is just too much of a force to not – 
get in legal trouble, especially mm-hmm. if he's pissed off. And yeah. who's going to be there to save the day that everybody would love? Foggy. Yeah, and, and, and also like his crossover now. He he. I think he's going to be one of those characters that will help link all these shows together mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and I, do you still kind of like when you look at Foggy – I still see the Bash Brothers every time. <laughs> every time. I was talking because he's gonna be at um he's gonna be at Motor City. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. Was, I was joking around with Josh from Top Rope, saying, "All right, let's get an interview with him." But I'm gonna play it cool and just ask him my duck questions the whole time. I, I'm I'm <laughs> trying. I am trying to uh, to get an interview with him, and uh, I really hope I do because a there's there's so much to talk about with what he's doing currently, but also the nostalgia fact of yeah. D two and and Mighty Ducks. Yeah, he, right. he was a Bash brother. Come on. Disney, if you're listening, I just want to take a second to pitch you the new <laughs> Mighty Ducks movie. I want a Mighty Ducks nostalgia reunion movie where it's they got to come back to play a charity hockey game to save their child's hockey league that they were in, you know, because uh-huh. originally they were in part of that, like, kids' hockey league. And they got to have Emilio Estevez coach, yeah. but he's starting to deal with dementia, maybe. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and they, they, they bring back, the, but they, they at first they bring the guys back as, like, the beginning of the movie is just a charity game. Mm-hmm. But then, like, at the end, it's like they got to be, like, this big bad company to help save this little league. Eldon Henson, that's his name. That's Foggy's <laughs> yeah. name. Um, yeah, man, uh, John Bernthal, his portrayal of Frank Castle, I thought was perfect. He was cold. He was calculated. He had reason for what he was doing. There wasn't just, you know, like the whole scene with him and Daredevil on the roof where they're hashing out the differences. Like he doesn't kill him because he's like, this dude's a bad motherfucker. You know, like let's figure out who he is. He didn't just kill him right away. And or at all, but I mean, he 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 gets them on the roof and they're sitting there hashing it out about. He's like, "You're a half measure, you know. You're one bad day away from being me." Mm-hmm. He's like, "You hit these guys, they get back up, they're out on the street. I put them in the ground and they're done, you know." Like so, what you can and and the beautiful part about that is you can see the positives to both sides, and they really showed that even with the other characters in this season, because like even um. Uh, Karen Page, she's like, do you think that, you know, maybe we created the Punisher because like what we did and with the devil of hell's kitchen coming back, you know, did we open Pandora's box for people to just be able to do this because the police themselves can't handle it. So now these other people are taking the law into their own hands and getting the job done. And they are. And like you had these people that are like, like uh, at the end. At the end of the season when they were doing all of the um the interviews, like the news interviews, and you see like, you know, all the all the New Yorkers and you know, they're most of them are like, you know, I think he's doing a good job. You know, he's looking out for us, he's getting the scum off the streets, and then you know the others that are like, Oh, we believe that the you know, just the police should handle it and this and that. You know, it was it was very, very well written, man. Yeah, I definitely thought there was there was a couple of things with Punisher I really liked. Um I liked that they made him so Patient, so yeah. over he, he just controlled, and they, and they built that into his backstory too. You know, they, they say he was a, a snailed sniper. Yep, you know, so that means sitting long hours waiting for your target to come. Yeah. You know, really planning out your shot. Which I thought that was great. And then just Karen, Karen Page really was the, like the character who her opinion with Punisher kind of, you know, kind of went back and forth the most. But she was the one who was really taking Spent the in, time with him too. Yeah, and taking into consideration. His past and his current situation. Why he is who he is. What and made she him always way. had belief that he could find redemption, which in a way he does, but not the way that she wanted, she him, wanted to. him to. Yeah. So um, yeah. 
my question is, did the Punisher ever figure out that Matt Murdock was Daredevil? I think he knew. They, they didn't really show it, but I like there was a couple times where, you know, especially during the, um, the you know, the, the court session where he kind of gave him that look like he recognized his voice. Yeah. You know, like at least that's what I picked up, but they never they never really said it. And if they did, I missed it. They, they, not, I didn't catch anything, and, they, and especially like towards the end, too, when he was kind of helping them out. And he was like, you know, way to go or rather whatever. It's mm-hmm. kind of like. Does he know? And he had to know at that point because he was watching that fight through his sniper light rifle. So yeah. he could see them. I mean, so there's a good chance he had to see it and he had to kind of known. Yeah. But it just it just made me mad. Like, it, it, made me, it just, I thought it was interesting how they never had him acknowledge that he knew because mm-hmm. he didn't really care. And he said that. It's true. I think uh, John Bernthal did an excellent job of not only the character, but showing the emotion of the character. Like you never, at least from what I've seen, especially with, uh, you know, past Punisher movies, like, yeah, they, you know, in the, in the Frank castle, um, the, the Thomas Jane, like there's the point where he like breaks down, you know, and, and he's crying and stuff. But this, this was a different kind of emotion. This wasn't like, he was sad. He, he broke down, but it wasn't, it wasn't a pitiful, you know what I mean? It wasn't. It wasn't a, a, a oh poor me or this or that. Like he was seriously, furiously crying. Like you know what I mean? Like he was so just torn up from what was happening, but he was fueled at the same time. Like you, you saw it, and you were like, even though he's he's going down, like you're like he's about to just explode. You know? I think that and John Berthold is the perfect actor to play that because there's a lot of Shane. In this role, yeah. there is a lot of Shane in this role, and I mean, I loved Shane. You know the way that he, and maybe the guy's just that way. You know, maybe he plays that well. You know, role so well because in real life, John Bernthal's a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> it's very possible. Maybe one day we get him on the show. We can ask him. Yes, yes, it will happen. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I kind of noticed too is like in the in the first season, uh, Charlie Cox. Really portrayed Matt Murdock as 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 blind, like you believed him very very much, and I think maybe this season there was a few times where he wasn't acting so blind. You know what I mean? And maybe that's because we saw how he you know how he saw in the first uh, season, which they did not show in the second season. I think they showed it one time. Did they show it one time? Because I didn't. I I, I must have missed that too, man. They showed it really quick when he was after. I think after his first encounter with Punisher, when he got shot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, because they were showing you how. Oh he god, that fight, dude. He lost his hearing for a bit, and he was kind of that ring. Oh yeah, and he couldn't. He was, he was screaming, yeah. couldn't hear himself or anything. Yeah, he uh that that dude that whole first episode. Like okay, I made the mistake. Like I got home from uh, uh work late that night and I'm like, all right, I'm only going to watch one, one episode and I'm going to crash and then I'll, you know, it'll be okay. I start watching that episode. They're fucking awesome fight on the top of the roof. Dude, one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen in, in cinematic, anything history, TV show history, uh, anything history. It was that good. And these guys like, Right, at, dude, he fucking shoots him in the head, you know, and he like he even does it like a badass. Like he gets knocked down, pulls his gun out, bang, and like shoots his ass in the head. He falls over, and I'm like, ah, I gotta go to bed now. You know, <laughs> like I couldn't. I wanted to sit up and watch it so bad, man. 
But I mean, I'm I'm giving it five stars. I thought I thought it was it was well worth it. Um, I loved uh, you know, towards the end, the more of of the electric stuff. I love I loved you know her her entrance. You know, Elodie Young. She I think she did a great job portraying Electra. She definitely looked the part. She's sexy as hell. She could fight badass. Um, I think that. You know, like I said, where it slowed down was, you know, and maybe that's just for me because I was expecting so much more, you know, bare knuckle bronze stuff where they kind of did take it into a little bit of a different direction. But, you know, it was it was needed because it worked, you know, even though it was slower for me, you know, that's just for me. Maybe everybody else liked it. But just for me, even though that it was slower, I was into it. Yeah, see, I didn't think the Electra storyline was that slow. I thought the Punisher storyline, once they got to the court case stuff, mm-hmm. to me. that to so yeah. I could have done without that. Like I said, I don't, I didn't never want to see the Punisher on trial. Yeah. I want to see the Punisher being the Punisher, kicking ass, getting yeah, away with you it. You show yeah. me him t- looking for crime, taking down the gangsters, which is what they did a lot of the season of. So, yeah. Wilson Fisk, too, man. How. Yeah, his, yeah, him coming back. Well, and, and they did such a good job of that too, establishing him as such a powerful thinker, and he's like yeah. the ultimate chess player. Like, there's only room to, for one kingpin. He knows how <laughs> to move the pieces. He knows what to grab, and he knows how to find people to help him get what he needs. And he's still a bad motherfucker because, even, I mean, given Frank was chained up, but he still put a fucking hurting on him, you know, in there, and it was like he fought like a gorilla. You know, like it reminded me of like Congo <laughs> when the when the gray apes or white apes were kicking ass. He was fighting like a gorilla, yeah. fucking bashing shit down. Awesome, awesome season, man. Like that's definitely something I'm gonna have to go rewatch again because it, you know I, I binged it. I, I got it done in probably uh, uh, three days. I finished it early on the third day. That's about what I did too. I had a couple days off though because of work, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I think about three days. I got it done. Awesome. All right, man. Let's uh let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk Batman v Superman. We're also gonna be taking your calls, and uh, we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, and you are listening to the Ninja Starship. Ooh-yah! Tell me, do you bleed? You stole In a world where podcasts are... This is a previously recorded episode. And we are back, Starship Troopers. It is the time you've all been waiting for our breakdown of the Batman v Superman epic as epic movie. Uh, If you want to call in and weigh your opinion and tell us that we are completely wrong, 248 Five seven nine five two nine five. We would definitely love to hear from you and get your way in opinion on this. Personally, I thought the movie was amazing. Will, I thought the movie was a snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me why. Tell me why you thought it was a snooze fest. What what stuck out to you that was horrible? So, um, everything that I didn't like about Man of Steel, mm-hmm. I felt like they doubled down on this movie. Uh-huh. I felt the movie was two and a half hours, and they could easily cut 45 minutes out of it. Those dream sequences did not need to happen. They were everywhere. It started mm-hmm. with a dream sequence. And that yeah. was an argument I got into because people were like, why is Bruce Wayne getting lifted up like the Messiah with all these bats? And I'm like, it's a dream sequence. Yeah. He's not really doing it. It well, was like, you know. And then that's, and that's one. I think so right off the back, the movie pissed me off because <laughs> it opened showing the Waynes getting killed again. Like the Waynes get killed everything. 
If yeah, there's someone yeah, going well, to that movie who doesn't know? know that Bruce Wayne's parents died, yeah. they probably would not need to know anyways. And they, they revisited it again halfway through the movie, showing you like the um the, the, the grave site and stuff. So it's not like it yeah. wasn't referenced more than once in that movie. So if you were going to open the movie with the last twenty minutes of Man of Steel being shown again from a different perspective, which I agree with that that was kinda neat. Yeah. But that should have been what was going on. That should have been the movie should have opened with that. Mm-hmm. The opening credits should have been rolling with that. You did not need that five minutes of showing the Wayne family murder in such a weird artistic way too. I thought it was a beautiful way that they did it. Um you know, I, I get why they did it. Like I understand the argument that yes, we've seen it a million times. Maybe the, you know, I, I feel that they needed it because this is a different universe than the Nolan universe and the Burton universe and all of the times where we've seen that scene happen, you know, the one thing that I, that does carry on is the pearls. You know, the yeah. pearls are always in it. And I thought that this one was really good about when he when he shot the gun. That, that's what broke the pearl. I, I did like that. Um, my only real complaint about this movie, uh, Batman and Superman are fighting, okay? And, okay, well, let me, before I even get to that, did you notice that they kind of pulled a Marvel where they every place that they fought, all of a sudden nobody was there? You know, so nobody could get caught in casualties. Like they're like, oh, they're fighting in uh, in this area. Oh, good thing everyone went home at five. Nobody's there, or think, oh, they landed on yeah. this island. Oh, wait, nobody's there, so it's okay. I, th- I, th- I think that's a lot of the, the negative feedback because they got because that was one thing when Man of Steel mm-hmm. came out. Oh, people, all these innocent people, people died. were ripping on the movie about how it just destroyed and how and how Superman wouldn't do that too. That was mm-hmm. one of my biggest complaints about Man of Steel. Is to me, it didn't feel like a Superman movie. Right, it felt like a what you would expect a superhero movie to be, not a superhero movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I get a lot of defenses from Man of Steel, and it, it's it's all right, you know? And so I, I do think that this was, they, they went over their way to make a point of someone mentioning to them, oh, no, this this is an abandoned port. No one's here. Like, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, they did. They went out of their way. And I, I think that was that was definitely intentional. Um, as far as our, uh, our, our Batfleck, I loved it. He was amazing. He... Dude, his Bruce Wayne was even better than his Batman. Oh, I thought his Bruce Wayne was amazing. Oh, dude, that's the best Bruce Wayne I've seen ever. Mm. I don't care. I'm sorry, Chris Nolan. You guys did a great job. But this Batman, this Bruce Wayne, this is what's. This is it. Yeah. This guy is going to rock the next trilogy that he's going to do. Um, I, you know, okay. So my other complaint with this movie is I thought the fight was good. Um, I, I thought that the movie kind of, uh, battled with itself as in what it was going to be. Um, maybe, you know, they like they were like, okay, this is going to be a Batman movie. This is going to be a Superman movie. Uh, nope, this is going to be a Justice League movie. Uh, nope, it's back to a Batman movie. And, it, you know, that, that part kind of was, eh, all right. But the part that really stuck out is the fight. He's got his throat on, or his uh, foot on Superman's throat. And he's like... Save Martha, you know, and it like it totally made me think of Help Me Read from fucking Fantastic Four. But when he's like Save Martha, and all of a sudden, like, okay, the Batman is gonna stop beating your fucking ass because all of a sudden your mom shares the same name. Well, you know what I mean? So like, it, that's what it's, it's. I get it. It was like okay, he was he he realized that he was more human than he thought. 
I see. I, but, I, I didn't take it that way. No, how I did you it, take it? I took it as he finally realized he was being played by Lex Luthor. Mm. So, so a couple of things in this movie I really liked. Like I said, it's a little bit of snooze fest because I think there's at least forty five minutes of that movie that didn't need to happen, mm-hmm. and that. But in between, there is like slow, boring parts. There's really good scenes. I love all the Bruce Wayne Alfred interaction scenes. I love the yeah. real Alfred. Like I loved like, Alfred. Yeah, just Jeremy like, Irons, great yeah. Alfred. I was man. just like, I love when he's like, I hope we you know, we're the next generation of of Wayne's actually have a wine cellar. Yeah, uh, who am I kidding? Like this is gonna be a next, next generation. generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's all this like you can tell he's this guy who's like just fed up with his job. Yeah, but he doesn't know how to quit and doesn't want to quit. Uh, we have a caller. All right, caller, go ahead. You're on the air with Ninja Starship. What's up, man? It's Campbell. Hey, Campbell from Florida. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, dude. How are y'all? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, what's your opinion on Batman v Superman? Okay, I'm uh, kind of torn. Um, like, the whole first half of the movie, to me, was boring, but I get it. You know, they had to introduce the new Batman. They had to introduce Wonder Woman, Lex Luthor, you know. Yeah. They had to get the story going, but... um. After all of the cameos with the Flash cameo and Aquaman and Cyborg, like after that, everything was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Like it, it did kind of drag to set it up. And that's probably, you know, that's why they took it two and a half hours. You know, the movie right, was exactly. incredibly long, but, you know, I didn't find it to be a snooze fest like, you know, you or Will, where it was it was boring. I was into it the whole time. And maybe that's to my detriment because I love everything, but <laughs> I normally right. love everything too, you know. So yeah, I I mean, all right. So what? All right, now that I got you on the line, how how did you uh, feel about Wonder Woman? I thought, uh, how do you say her name? Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. It's Gadot. Gadot yeah, Gal, I thought she did a great job, man. And because it's weird, because you know, she's all I've ever seen her in is the Fast and Furious movies. So right. I, I didn't know how she was gonna how she was gonna be being a superhero, but I think she did a great job. I fell in love with her right away. She was so kick ass, (laughs) dude. Oh, she looked great. She was gorgeous. And I'm sorry, all the people that like, oh, she doesn't match who I, you know, physically. Fuck you. She was amazing. She fit the. She fit the role. She fit the figure. She doesn't have to be, you know, the 1950s Wonder Woman. This ain't the 1950s Batman v Superman. So why the hell does she have to keep going? Like what she did, she created her own version, as far as I'm concerned, or people created it for her. Whatever. Either way. They did a yeah. great job because I felt that her performance, like she stole the show. Oh, that last sure. fight, that third act, she was the kick-ass showstopper in that yeah, whole sure. thing. Like, dude, she, her her looks, like her her her, uh, her battle sequences when she would scream and and fight. You know, I mean, all those were yeah. were amazing. And then, okay, the only things that I'm gonna keep you on the phone, Mike. The only things Sorry, that no the only things that I found that. Uh, were, were shitty to me as far as, especially with the third act, is is anything to do with Lois. I really do not like her in Man of Steel yeah, or this movie. Either. I'm sorry, but every time that she gives a motivational speech, it takes me back to Talladega Nights when she's talking to Ricky Bobby, you know, and I I, <laughs> I just, I can't get over that. Every single time that she starts with that, I'm like, oh, here we go. I can't take her seriously. Um, I felt that she really wasn't needed in this movie. I thought that, uh, you know, the way that this movie looked, especially with some of these scenes, like we all know Zack Snyder is amazing at making things look beautiful on screen. But the scene where, you know, spoilers, uh, Superman gets fucking stabbed by Doomsday and – 
they're like when Batman is lowering soups down to Wonder Woman and Lois, like that whole scene, man, like that, that almost brought waterworks to me, dude. I was almost like, Oh God, that's fucking beautiful. You know? And, and, you know, I, I thought that, you know, visually the movie looked great. Um, I didn't, I didn't really agree with too many people as far as like, they didn't see that there wasn't a plot. I felt that there was a plot. I thought that it was full. You know, they, they had, uh, it was two and a half hours. How was there no plot? Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, my problem was there was too many plots. That didn't add too many plots. Yeah. That's well, what they, we were they, saying. They, yeah. They didn't really add up, but I love the one, woman stuff. And I love that they yes. gave her her own theme song. Yes. When they started doing that and they kept going back to that little theme yep. music they were doing for her. I fucking love it. They did it great too, because they're going to want you to go see wonder woman when that movie comes out. Yeah. The, the one thing oh, this movie wait. did for me was it made me want to go see wonder woman. And it made me want to go see a new Batman movie. Absolutely. I, I, I thought Ben Affleck just killed it. Um, what did he you did guys, a great job. he did. What did you guys think about, uh, Lex Luthor, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's, uh, performance of Lex Luthor. You mean the yeah. Joker light, the Joker light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really, <laughs> I wasn't really feeling it. I really wasn't feeling it. Like, okay, there was times that I liked it where he was kind of, you know, um, super smart nuts, you know, I thought, but that's Jesse Eisenberg. I like that. He can play that as far as though, like it just is- him and his, his persona, he seemed, I don't know, like maybe like hipster Lex, you know, where he was very, well, that's what they're going for, but he had no, he had no motivation. Right. It was just like, oh, I'm going to do this because I want to or, you know, I right. should be the, I should be the powerful one because well, he had daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he had huge daddy, daddy issues. issues. Like, oh, my, he kept referencing my father, this, my father, that my father, yeah. this. Um, and they wasted uh, mercy. They wasted mercy right away with, you know, blowing up everybody. Yeah. Um, right. But as far as like him, though, man, like there was only a couple parts that, you know, stuck out to me where I'm like, OK, maybe he's going to grow into the Lex character. Uh, they, they, Will shaking his head like, fuck no, he ain't. <laughs> they, they just, the way they made him was, like, at first I'm like, okay, like, he's trying to get Batman to you know, fight each other to distract them from his plot where he's trying to, like, take over the world or trying to, you know, trying to do some mass plot thing. But no, his whole plot was, oh, I... I just don't like that Superman thinks he's so powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have these two fight just for fun. Mm-hmm. While I'm at it, I'm going to create this weird monster just because, well, the Batman can't take him out. Like, And then yeah. be all happy when he's in jail. You know, another thing, that, now that we're talking about it, that stuck out to me that was kind of like, meh, was uh, I-, I loved that, uh, you know, Batman broke into Lex's, uh, you know, fucking lab or whatever and stole the kryptonite and left the, you know, left the fucking uh, batarang yeah. in there just to kind of like, I fuck you. I stole this. <laughs> and the thing that gets me though is okay. Like I loved half. What I'm about to say is like, I loved half of this and the other half I didn't. Um, the reason I loved half of it is because she throw, uh, Lois throws down that, um, that kryptonite spear down into the well. Okay. Superman goes yep. down to get it. I thought that it was, uh, that that scene when he comes up, really paid homage to the first Superman where he had that necklace on and he's in the pool and Miss Tessbacher comes and, and uh, you know, lifts him out. Like, I thought that that was like a kind of a, you know, pay homage to that scene. The guy can barely move. He can't do anything. But then he can fly halfway across the city, spear in hand and fucking stab Doomsday. You know, that kind yeah. that that stuck out to me as like, OK, like what's going on? The guy can either 
he's either weak as fuck around kryptonite or he can somehow fight through it and use it to his advantage. You know, that, that mm-hmm. part didn't add up to me. This movie kiss. There was uh, one more part. I, one of the uh, dream sequences, I, I'm pretty sure it was the Flash that was in that portal thing. And yeah. he was like, Bruce, you were right about him. You need to come find us. Like, I did not. Like, what was up with the Flash's suit? Like, I didn't get that. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't see that. I mean, I think it's supposed to be a reference to Flashpoint, but it's still oh, like, okay. but still like to me though, the whole thing is the dream sequences mm-hmm. weren't needed. And with, there was a lot. What of was fire. less was they never referenced them. Mm-hmm. Like if you have this weird fucking dream where it's like Lois Lane, she's the key. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you at least like, hmm, maybe I should do a little research into Lois Lane a little bit more. Or when she shows right. up to help Superman. Yeah. Maybe you're like, wait, what's going on here? Like the fact that like he just ignores the fact that he has this weird dream saying that Lois Lane has all the answers. Yeah. And he needs to protect her. He just like does whatever. This movie could have saved itself for me, though, is if when Lois was drowning in that port. She drowned for real? No. When she, that, <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been great. But no, Aquaman should have been the one to jump out that spear. Oh, also, okay. Aquaman to be his cat, saved yeah. there, and he's like, and he kind of comes up and does this whole, like, I don't know what's going on, but you guys have been fucking up this world, messing up, you know. My us. fish are pissed off. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like. Because a lot of times Aquaman gets pulled into our world because of mm-hmm. the things that are happening on the surface. Yeah, his world, his the ocean, world, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's separate. So right. I did like their cameos, though. I thought that the way that yeah. you know they showed him was pretty cool. Um, you totally knew, like, because like uh, what I want to know is how did they have their symbols already? You know, when when they're looking on the screen, they all got their symbols. Like, here's the Flash's lightning. Here's Aquaman's A and, yeah. and Cyborg. You know. And, but I did, I did like the cameos. I like that. Uh, I, I loved Aquaman's, especially. Um, I have my own feelings about Flash, just because I love the TV show Flash and Grant Gustin. I've been talking to anyone right. who says I, they like the Flash. I'm yeah. get Grant Gustin to do it. You know why? It's because it's total separate universes, man. And not only that, the dude doesn't want it. Because think of it this way: with Batman, or, uh, or with even the Flash movie that that will come out. Okay, you're gonna have. An hour and a half, maybe. Okay, even give them a two and a half hour movie like this one was. It's right. not going to have the same impact as Grant can have on a 24 hour episodic season. You know what That's I mean? True. 22 to 24. He's getting one hour of your attention every single week and making you want to see him again, where you're going to see right. this Flash movie and you're going to be done. That's true. You know that that's the way at least that's that's my perspective. The paycheck is better though. The page, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it will. But in the long run, who love who yeah. loves you know uh, the movie Flash versus who loves TV Flash? Like, I'm sorry, Grant's gonna have what's the new guy Ezra Miller? Is that Ezra Miller? Ezra yeah. Miller. Okay, who's gonna you know who's who's gonna have more of a draw for their character, Grant or Ezra? Grant all day, yeah, just because people yeah. love that show and it's got a different. Feel to it, man. There's, there's, there's positivity. There's drama, and there's that aspect of, you know, and it's kind of like in all of the Berlanti shows. You see the heroes, like especially with Supergirl, with Flash, with Arrow, where as you know, they might have one aspect of their life fixed, but their other aspect is shit. Either their mm-hmm. home life is going great, and the vigilante life or superhero life is shit, or vice versa. The superhero life mm-hmm. is shit, or the, or is going great, and their home life is really suffering because of it. You know, I think like I think Agreed. they do a great job with that yo-yo back and forth. That's at least that's 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 how I feel about it. Um, 
What would you give this movie, man? Out of uh, out, how many stars would you give this movie? Five stars. That's uh, me. Uh, that's the best. Five is the best. Let me I'll tell you that. Like, <laughs> I'd give it like three and a half. Three and a half stars. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Three, and honestly, how many times did you the, watch it? The Flash cameo saved it for me because <laughs> I was waiting for the whole fucking movie. <laughs> I uh, you know, I, I, all right. Out of all the cameos, which uh, which one did you guys like the best? Out of the Flash, Cyborg, and Aquaman cameos, which one really stood out to you? To me, it was Aquaman. Aquaman. Well, oh, no, those guys playing in that morning. I movie. thought Aquaman looked badass. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought his was badass too, especially like when they show his eyes glowing. And then it starts yeah, showing was, more and more and more of him. That was, yeah, that and, was awesome. And uh, the Cyborg one was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys caught this, but at the bottom of the video, it said property of Star Labs. On I did. Video. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was great. fucking awesome. Um, now, okay, let's let's kind of, let's get into a little bit of, of uh, one of the dream sequences, the, the, the Batman nightmare scene where he's, you know, he's like Sand Batman or Nightmare Batman, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Okay, Sand Trooper Batman. You got paratroopers um and you get this symbol in the sand of the dark seat symbol okay? yeah, that's what that's what that's what they're setting up for the justice league movie the they are right and and even uh lex though like did, i don't know how i don't know if i missed it or not but i must have because he says he's coming like he knew he knew he was coming but how did lex know that that's, he's coming that's yeah that's what i don't get either and i don't said, i didn't see any it of that said it well it's the only thing I can think of is when he was on the Kryptonian ship mm-hmm. and he was going through oh, their, shit, their true. files yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he yeah. found – and so he somehow did something to send the beaker that let him know he's here. Like I said, to me, like this is Lex Luthor was like the Joker. Mm-hmm. He wanted to cause chaos for no other reason than to cause chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Like I said, I, I just didn't see him as – you know, I read too – that Brian Cranston was actually in talks to be Lex Luthor. Uh, this is coming out now that Zack Snyder was talking to Brian Cranston. And and they're like, oh, how different of a movie could it have been? Probably way better. Because, A, yeah. Brian Cranston, man, we've see, all seen him, Walter White. And he when he gets pissed and evil, and, you know, say my name and all that shit. Like, that is the Lex Luthor I saw. And I remember hearing about this before it even, you know, before they started even doing all this stuff that uh, he was going to play Lex. And then he's like, oh, no, no, I got other stuff. And then he came out with fucking Godzilla that sucked. But this, you know, Eisenberg versus Cranston, I would have went Cranston all day. I just think if if they would have picked an older veteran actor rather than like a 25, 30-year-old kid pretty much, you know, I think – they would have done a lot better, no matter who it would have been. Right, and and I mean, I'm not trying to knock Eisenberg either, man. Like Eisenberg is a hell of an actor; he really is. I've I've seen him shine in a lot of roles. I like he's quick, he's intelligent, he's right. quick. That comes off even in his characters, just as being him. Okay, like from what I saw or what I read uh, before I came here is is they were, when they were all in their meeting room. Uh, you know, they were talking to him about the characters that they were going to play this and this and that, this and this and that. And Eisenberg kind of like went off and went a little bit nuts, you know, in that uh, meeting of the minds. And Snyder was like, well, shit, how about you just play Lex? You know, like yeah. that seems like a great idea. Well, yeah and no, like it, it worked, but it didn't at the same time. He should not like that character, I think, worked better if he wasn't Lex Luthor. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't just, remember who he was supposed to be other than Lex. It was I can't remember. Yeah, it's just it's just being Lex was terrible. I think it just 
it, it's not the Lex Luthor you expect, you know, and it's just didn't, that didn't make any sense to me. Right. I mean, this movie definitely felt like, though, it was just their Superman 2 script. You know, it's going to be Doomsday storyline. And then they're like, hey, let's throw Batman in. Oh, hey, and let's also set up for the Justice League because we do need to catch up to Marvel movies that we've been saying since – you know, since Avengers 1 came out that we were going to do yeah. this. And share the same theme of something huge is coming. Yeah. We have Thanos Ooh. and Darkseid coming into both, you know, franchises now. So, anyway, it was awesome. Mike, thanks for calling in, man. I do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks no for problem. being a, a, a super faithful and awesome listener. Yeah, no problem, man. Anytime. All right. Take care, Mike. Take it easy. All right. Are, are we good now? Did we did we hash this out, or should we carry this into next so, week so too? The only other thing I have on this Go is, ahead. is I think this is the new who would want to fight debate. I think this is now going to be the thing that comic fans are now arguing for the next like years at conventions. <laughs> Was Batman Superman good? You know, you're going to have <laughs> who should have won. Was it good or <laughs> yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have fans like me who didn't like it that much for a hundred reasons, uh-huh. and fans like you who loved it. Like I my, did. I like did. my Facebook feed is hate it, hate it, loved it, loved it, hate it, loved it, hate yeah. it, loved it. Like it, my whole feed is just in just so many people have such different opinions. I got sucked into it, man. I can't lie. I got I, I was I started I was getting pissed off having to defend why I liked it. You know, that's why I posted that fucking <laughs> yeah. picture. You know, and I, I don't. I, it was. A little extreme, okay, and I took it down it today. But I was like, I am sick of this. Ah. But yeah, I mean, you guys should post it on the Ninja Starship Facebook page. Yeah, did you love it? Did you hate it? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com forward slash Ninja Star Pod. That's all we got for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you just tuned in and you missed the show, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening app. Please don't forget to leave some iTunes reviews. Those are very important. You can also email the show at ninjastarpod at gmail.com and tell me what you think. Let us know if we're doing good, if we're doing bad, if you want to hear us, keep going, What you know, whatever. Until next week, don't let everybody, don't let anyone ever tell you you're too old to wear a cape. That's a show. This is a previously recorded episode.